welcome back to Drawn Out. This is one of your co-hosts, Chase. And this is your other co-host, Brooke. Um, today we're going to cover um, a short and a feature film, which is what we're going to do every day. Mm-hmm. But, well, every week, I guess. <laughs> However often we do this. Um, so the short we did today was A Flying Mouse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um... 1934. Yep. Symphony. Silly Symphony. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about all I know about it contextually. Um, We went ahead and watched it beforehand. Mm -hmm. So if you want to watch it, it is on YouTube. Silly Symphony Flying Mouse. Um, So you can go ahead and do that. We're going to talk about it. What did you think? Um, I think that, I don't know, at first I, I thought that it was going to be like a don't be different message <laughs> but in the, but in the end it was a no be who you actually are <laughs> with what you got which I don't know if that's any better yeah it was kind of an interesting message so in summary without a play-by-play the mouse wants to fly like the birds and so he's able to get the wings but they're like more bat wings because he's a mouse. Mm-hmm. But then he doesn't want to be a bat because bats are scary and mean, mm-hmm. which was weird. And so then he's sad. And so then he has the wings removed and it's like a be true to who you are. But like, is it? I know. <laughs> it's like, he, but he only was unhappy with it when the birds didn't want to hang out with him and his family kicked him out. <laughs> yeah. It was very much, yeah, actually, it was entirely social. He was very happy flying, and it was that (laughs) no one would accept him when he was happy. And the fairy who did it, we picked this one because the fairy looks a lot like the blue fairy, which is, we're watching Pinocchio today after this. And she was like, well, mine's supposed to fly, but if you really want wings, you help me get out of that spider's web, so here you go. And then when he cries about it, she's... She's like, oh, why are you sad? You know, kind of, and she kind of puts it like, I told you so, without I told you sewing. Well, she even says, like, I think you learned your lesson now. And it was like, oh. oh no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, Yikes. like, there's something to, like, that's kind of a very uh, first half of the 1900s, and even, like, more recent, like, trope of, like, there's this boy, and he wants to do something that's extraordinary like flying or daydreaming all day and Mm -hmm. can't just fit in with everyone else Mm -hmm. and then he kind of has to like straighten up and not Mm -hmm. go on crazy wild adventures and be an adult yeah um which is also a very pinocchio theme (laughs) Um, so i guess there's like something to that i don't think it's supposed to so much be as like a you're unhappy in your body but you need to like just deal with it. <laughs> um, and I think it's much more of a, like, hey, like, you can't have all of the crazy fun that you want in life all the time. Like, mm-hmm. mice don't get to sing. Mice are hard workers. Mice don't get to fly, I guess, would be the appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was, yeah, story-wise, I wasn't super into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's 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 what happens when you watch things that were made the, you know, when your grandparents were babies. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. My grandmother was born in like thirty-two. Mm-hmm. So, mine, yeah, my my yeah, two of mine were thirty-three. Yeah. Um, I did like the Foley work in this episode or yes. this short episode. <laughs> uh, in this short, I really loved the Foley. Um, it was very fun. I liked yeah. like. The, he, like, hits his butt on the thorn, and there's, like, the tea kettle whistle, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's so fun. Well, and I liked he gets caught in the wind, and he's, like, trying to hold on to flower petals, and as each one pops off, <laughs> it makes that cute little sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and this one was in Technicolor. Yes, it was, it was in Technicolor. Gorgeous. Yes, it was very different from um, Steamboat Willie in, like, mm-hmm. lots of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest one, like, obviously, like, oh, it's in color. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the articulation of the animals was very different. It looked a lot more like Snow White. Um, yeah. And so this would have been five years before Snow White, right? Snow White's 39. Snow White's 30, um, 37. 30, 37. So it was, so it was okay, only, three years. So it was only like three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
still, you can see that this is much closer to Snow White than it is to mm-hmm. Steamboat Willie. Yeah, and the mouse looks more like an like an actual mouse than yeah, he does. Yeah, um, definite like improvement on the detail and articulation of the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, the fairy in this was not nearly so well articulated. Yeah. Her movements were very awkward. Yeah. Um, and it's like she had elbow joints, but she didn't have elbows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was very, like... Those snow cone machine guys at car dealerships. Oh, oh, right? um, yes, I know what you mean. Um, if you could see me right now, you would know exactly <laughs> what I mean. She's she's doing the wave, the wibbly wave. There's the <laughs> those air sock guys. I think yeah, that's what air sock. I yeah, don't know. whatever. I'll remember <laughs> the word that I'm looking for in like 30 minutes. In the middle of Pinocchio, I will yep. shout it out. Tube, 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 air tube. Nope, I don't know. Okay. We all know what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, her movement was definitely not nearly as well done mm-hmm. as it is by the time we get mm-hmm. to Snow White, um, which is interesting. And I'm sure we'll talk more about character movement and articulation in Pinocchio because mm-hmm. Pinocchio is very unique articulation. <laughs> um, what else did you like about it? Since we um, both don't like the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that the design of, like, the little mouse house was really cute. It was, like, a pumpkin, and there's, um, like, the mama mouse is out doing the washing and, you know, rub, rub, rub on the laundry thing, and then pulls out, it's baby sister! (laughs) (laughs) That was really cute. Mm -hmm. And then the, using the, the, like, the mushrooms as, like, a seesaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of fun little gags. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I was struck by how clothed the, clothed the animals mm-hmm. were. And I was like, okay, I guess, like, animals had clothes on in Steamboat Willie. Mm-hmm. That, like, they did wear them. And, I mean, obviously, it's just more noticeable in color. Mm-hmm. But it kind of surprised me, like, how detailed the clothing was on the animals. Yeah, especially the birds, considering yeah. how, how little they were on the screen. But it was so detailed because it wasn't like Mickey and pals are much more anthropomorphic than what we had going here. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Like yes. Mickey is a person who is an animal. These were animals who are, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Dressed as people. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey had much more expression. And there's definitely like this toes the line between like cartoon and real mm-hmm. in a way that like I think. The 30s really, the 30s and the 40s yeah. pushed for. Well, and you can tell that Walt is gearing up to get people to make Bambi. Mm. To, get, to get his people ready to make mm-hmm. Bambi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm moving into that realistic. But even like the animals. Well, okay. I've never seen Bambi from start to finish. <laughs> um, but like, even those animals are much more expressive than mm-hmm. these animals were. Well, that might be a budget thing, too. I think it's more of a character design thing. Could be. Cause, well, because if something's called a silly symphony, it's going to be much more... You're going to you're gonna put maybe less into that than, like, a drama trying to get people to stop. Absolutely. Playing. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it just was, I guess, because of how lively the characters in Steamboat Willie were. Yeah. These characters were not nearly as lively. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love the detail in their clothes mm-hmm. for sure, mm-hmm. especially the birds with all the ribbons yeah. and the house was adorable. I love when she like retracts the house when she's all yeah. scared and she just pulls everything like pops inside like mm-hmm. some sort of motorhome. Yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. It was, it was cute. And then I liked the moment at the end where he's like happy to see his mommy again and he, you know, she's like, you know. Gets in his face and it's like, Aww. yeah, yeah. That was it. Was a sweet conclusion. Um, yeah. Well, and to be fair, they didn't know it was the family. Didn't know it was no. him. They thought they just saw the silhouette and thought it was a bat. Right. But do you think his brothers would not have made fun of him? Like they made fun of him the whole thing through. That's true. And the, <laughs> he comes on with like weird wings. I think they would still make fun of him. Yeah, probably. Um, what is interesting and like. Your comment about him coming home and being welcomed home by his mother reminded me, um, and I guess, like, we could use this as a point, like, to talk about how different, like, 1934 storyline versus a 2013 storyline, I think, or 2012, whenever Frozen came out, um, 
What's interesting to me about Frozen is it's a similar story in that there is a character who is unhappy in their situation, who mm-hmm. wants this kind of freedom, yeah. and then they find it for themselves and are rejected from society for it, and then the only conclusion is that they have to be reintegrated into society. Yeah. But one of them is accepted for mm-hmm. what they are and who mm-hmm. they are, and the other one isn't, and mm-hmm. they have to like choose. And that's like something that... I think, like, there's a lot of good reasons why Elsa is yeah. very much a gay icon. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's something that, like, isn't talked much about that... I know I'll talk a lot about it when we get to Frozen in, like, five years. <laughs> but, like, the idea that, like, she isn't herself when she's separated from her community. Yeah. Like, she's happy alone, mm-hmm. but not for forever. Yeah. And I think that's something that, like, we should be talking more about with, like... Pride. Here's like we're wrapping up Pride Month now. I don't know when this episode's going out. <laughs> Much later, but um, we're we're in Pride Month the sequel. Pride Month the sequel or uh, Wrath Month. <laughs> um, but do you want to have Wrath Month in the middle of Cancer season? How about two <laughs> Pride two gay? I don't know what it would be. I don't know. Too what? fast, too furious. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but, like, I, I wish that, like, I wish the mouse could have had the wings and, like, his family still loved him. I know, like, we've complained a lot about this. I just have one more complaint. Not even a complaint. I guess it's just, like, we're gonna compare it to Steamboat Willie, because it's the last short we watched. But, like... The music, this is a silly symphony, mm-hmm. but the music wasn't nearly as integrated as yeah, it was. Yeah, like, if I didn't know it was a silly symphony, I wouldn't have guessed. Like, the really the most that there was was, like, was when the bats telling him, you're nothing. Yeah, the bats are, like, singing at him and being mean and jerks and awful. But, like, the music was so integrated and participated in the story mm-hmm. in Steamboat Willie. And the music here was like, there's music and it is like playing off of the action, but the yeah. two aren't interacting. Yeah. Which maybe that's why I noticed the Foley work. Yeah. But yeah. And especially in ways that you see in other silly symphonies, like the, you know, the goddess of spring or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, this one was just, not as engaging as no. I was hoping for. Me, me too. <laughs> but we, um, like we said, that we watched this one because we're watching Pinocchio today, and the fairy. You you could tell there are some there there are design similarities between the fairy in this story and the blue fairy in Pinocchio, but you know this is a better version of that. So let's go watch that. Yes, let's go watch Pinocchio. Um, before we do, what do you remember about Pinocchio? And when was the last time you watched it? Um, I don't know. It was probably when my family still had VHS. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably the last time I watched yeah, it. Yeah, actually, I don't even know if we had Pinocchio on VHS, but uh, I think most of what I actually remember from from it, like, actually comes from, like, the old version of Fantasmic or, like, mm. um, the... Was Pinocchio in the Electric Parade? I don't know. I don't know. Or like... I can't remember. I don't know. It was like most of what I remember about it comes from Disneyland st- stuff. Well, like the ride. A lot of what I remember about yeah, Pinocchio exactly. is from me the too. ride. Um, and I will say when I was little, Pinocchio terrified me. Um, I hated it and I really didn't like watching it. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like... I've already expressed if it didn't have a singing princess, I didn't care for it. <laughs> but... Pinocchio was different and it made me very uncomfortable. Um, so I'm really excited to watch it again as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, see it in a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Alright, so uh, feel free to pause and watch Pinocchio, or if you already did, enjoy our musical interlude while we go and watch Pinocchio. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, We just watched Pinocchio. Yes, we did. (laughs) It was an adventure. It was. I liked it a lot more than I remembered. Okay, good. Because, I don't know, I think it was just because there are so many A-plus gags in there. So many A-plus gags in that one. Like, 
Jiminy Cricket is A+. Plus. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> like, his one-liners and, like, just the little things that he does, like... I know during Snow White, I'm sure it was the same during Pinocchio and like in the early days, if an animator could come up with a good gag, Walt would give them a cash bonus. Mm. And so I think people started stepping up the game <laughs> after, after Snow White made all the money. Yeah, well, and I think like um, I made a note about Jiminy Cricket is so different from the dwarves. And we talked about how the dwarves felt real. Yeah. Like they were engaging people and you're like, I know that person. Yeah. But Jiminy Cricket was such a real everyman. Yeah. Like, like, it was like, I don't know a person who is Jiminy Cricket, but I relate very hard to Jiminy yes. Cricket. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was nice that, like, he was our, um, like, he, he was our guide through yeah. it. Like, he was the narrator at the beginning. And first of all, there was another book. There was a book. But it was animated. It wasn't real yeah. so that Jiminy could open it. Yeah, it was that hot, that's the whole opening scene. I made a note on the whole thing about um, interacting with the set in a way that, like, we didn't really see with Snow White. Mm -hmm. With Snow White, they interacted with objects. And, like, the minute that it opens up, you can see the candle is animated differently. But it's in the foreground, and Mm -hmm. it's big, and it's definitely part of the set. And then they use it as a prop. And I thought that that was really interesting and cool to see. There were a lot of... It was definitely um, a lot more confidence in the animation for this. You could definitely feel it. Yeah, like they were being, they were being, they weren't as careful with their, Snow White was a big risk, but they were careful with the risk, yes. if that makes sense. Yes, and with Pinocchio, they, they seemed... just dove right in. Like, yeah. I love how in the opening where Jimmy's talking about how he came to Geppetto's cottage, he hops, 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 and then yes. the camera moves with him, and I loved that. Yeah, point of view, like, that's the first time we have point of view camera yeah. in a feature animation. And it was really cool and interesting. And they did it a couple different times. Yeah, yes. Oh, so they did that a lot of times with Jiminy Cricket, especially such a unique perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and like obviously Cleo's, I think, is a big moment. Yeah, um, she's seeing Pinocchio for the first time through the, her fishbowl. Yeah, so they do like a funhouse mirror look oh. on animated Pinocchio, which was so cool. There are just so many good visual elements to this film, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, well, one thing that I had an issue with visually and with the way that Geppetto spoke, Pinocchio is an Italian fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It's an Italian novel. <laughs> takes place in Tuscany. It's so German, I could die. <laughs> this is true. Geppetto has German accent. Every, like, the, it's such a majorly Bavarian aesthetic that, like, holy cow. And I think that... Like, later on when we meet Stromboli, it's like, oh, this is because of anti-Italian prejudice. Oh, he's not Italian. He's not... He's... Did you catch the slur? I did catch the slur. (laughs) But they gave him an Italian accent. They did. His name is Stromboli. And his name is Stromboli, and they gave him the accent, and they gave him the stereotypical mannerisms of an Italian. Yeah. They gave him, like, the wide arm movements Mm -hmm. and the... They just made his skin dark, too. Yeah... Um, yeah, there are a lot of... Yeah, that was... That, that moment. There was another moment that made me go like, Ugh, I'm uncomfortable, this feels like racism, but I don't remember what it was. Was it during the, the show? Was it during the, like, the puppet show that no. Pinocchio was in? Because the puppet show, like, they were Dutch girls and then French girls. And then... And then Russian, and that was like, this is odd, but like, um, I wasn't... I'm trying to remember what it was, too, because I think I remember Should looking I over at you... Yeah, yeah, you looked at me. Oh, oh geez, and we what? like shared a face. What, what did we not it? write it down? I just didn't want to remember it. It, it. I think it was a Stromboli moment. Yeah. I think it was. Yes, it was when Stromboli lost his temper on the coins, and yeah. we just exchanged a look, and we mm-hmm. were like, "Okay, mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> we're doing this." Yeah. Um. So let's back up to uh, yeah. Jiminy Cricket. So. Did you notice what else was on the bookshelf in the opening? I did not. Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it made me really, I'm like, oh yeah, Peter Pan is coming. And then we looked at our list and Peter Pan is far away. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, um, I loved so the hopping as Jiminy Cricket enters. Um, I think part of the reason that it's so German is because I don't think that we have any other context for cuckoo clocks. Yeah. Especially in the 1930s. So for Geppetto to make clocks meant he had to be German. Well, but they, uh, like, they had such a German look to them. And, yeah. And he had, like, the, it was in the architecture. It was in the fact that people were drinking out of steins. Yeah. And, yeah. It was definitely... And I mean, 
at the time, it's like Europe was like, yeah Europe. It, no, it's but, not. It's not Europe. It's Germany. yeah. It's, it's definitely Germany. yeah. Um, what I also thought was interesting at the opening, um, we don't actually read the book. Like Jiminy yeah. Cricket opens it, and then he just tells us the story. And I was yeah, like, no oh, <laughs> you didn't actually read to us. And he's just so. I felt like I was at church with a modern pastor. Like, I didn't always believe in God. But <laughs> let me tell you a life-changing story oh that happened gosh. to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jiminy, okay, yeah. I'm willing to listen. <laughs> I'm Jiminy, your, lo- your local youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how it felt. Um, but at the same time, it was really interesting to see a classic fairy tale like literally the second Disney film open with um, like a, hey, you don't believe in fairy tales probably, but I'm going to tell you one anyway. And I was like, oh, okay. Like this idea of like our modern sensibility of like dismissing fairy tales isn't really all that modern. That's a common critique. And I think that we forget that a lot. Yeah. Well, especially considering this is 1940. It's the tail end of the depression. Mm -hmm. Europe's at war. America doesn't know what it's doing with itself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, isolationism is the mm-hmm. hot thing. So yeah, it's a really interesting time period for mm-hmm. this film to be released. Yeah, and I love Figaro's attitude. I love mm-hmm. Figaro's everything. I know. <laughs> First off, he's animated like a kitten, which is adorable. But then he has the attitude of like some old senior who doesn't care about anybody or anything. <laughs> um... What is that? I just wrote Figaro with a bunch of exclamation points, and I don't yeah. remember what it was about. Um, let's see. I think it was just when he walked down the stairs, because he was so cute. And he just the faces that he makes. And... I know. He's so, he's so expressive. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, that is a kitten. Like, I can see the shape of the kitten, but he's so expressive, and it was so much better yeah. than the Silly Symphony. Mm-hmm. But um, I loved Cleo as well. She's precious and such a flirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I liked that. I thought it was interesting there were no gags of like Figaro trying to get Cleo out of the bowl. Like that was never one of no, the gags. No, they were just a happy family. It was really nice. I loved to, um, speaking of happy family, when like, they're going to bed. And Geppetto, like, puts out the candle and then, like, keeps Keeps talking. talking. (laughs) I think we've all been in that sleepover. Oh, yeah. Or, like, you know, spent spent the night with with that sibling or that cousin. Just will not shut up. I am that cousin. (laughs) So am I. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I loved, I love Figaro so much. Oh, um, so they make, so Geppetto makes Pinocchio. And then he's playing with Figaro, and then he has Pinocchio kick Geppetto, and then Figaro kicks back, and Pinocchio gets all tangled up, and Geppetto's like, oh, those are the consequences of being mischievous. And I'm like, oh, hey, here's a moral, right? The very beginning. This is what the whole thing's about, which is, like, good writing. And I think that something... um, I'm not going to say Snow White was written badly, but there's a clear difference between these two films and how they're written, Like, we talked about how in Snow White, it's a lot of, like, here's the fairy tale, and now here's some funny goofs. Now here's the fairy tale. Now here's some funny goofs. This was so much more streamlined. Yeah. It was way better written in its order and the way things were filtered and um, juxtaposed. Like, it was just so much better Mm -hmm. overall. Yeah. Well, they had learned how to write a feature-length film at that point. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, it's kind of interesting because, like, feature-length films existed, so it's not like you didn't have screenwriters at the time, but it was kind of more like they had faith that an animated film could carry mm-hmm. um, as a feature, and that was really cool to see that, like, happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, best <laughs> gag in the end... Actually, okay, I think the final gag with Geppetto is my favorite, but my second favorite is when all of the clocks go off and we spend a solid minute on all of the cuckoo clocks. And then Geppetto goes, I wonder what time it is, and pulls out his pocket watch. I loved that so much. Yeah, like, yeah, when I said that, like, I enjoyed this, yeah, it was like, it's, it's an okay movie, but it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so much funnier. Just, like, 
the wit is so good. Mm-hmm. And it's you can see that wit in Snow White. Like, Doc is witty, mm-hmm. and Grumpy is witty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so much more, I don't know, part seamless of yeah. part of it woven in to this film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so good um, in that respect. Maybe because there weren't any girls to give the jokes to. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to worry about, you know, oh, how do we make this girl funny without being rude? I mean, the Blue Fairy is... Blue Fairy is uh, snide in a couple of places. She is a little bit, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so fun fact about the Blue Fairy that I learned when I was doing my research on the novels. Mm -hmm. She's not a Blue Fairy. She's a blue-haired fairy in the novel, which I thought was really interesting that she somehow became the Blue Fairy. And I wondered if it was a translation error. Other fun fact about the novel, it is the most translated non-religious text. That's right. I didn't know that until this morning. Me too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting... I don't know if Disney consciously made the choice of like, mm, we don't want to do a blue-haired fairy. We'll yeah. just make her a blue fairy. Or if it was like a translation choice that just never got fixed yeah i could see it as a um an effort to like oh we don't want we don't want our bastion of goodness to have to have a deviant right look right but i loved how she was animated and i love the translucent look to her it was yeah. very well done yeah um, and her elbows worked <laughs> her elbows worked much better than the other fairy um and her, the articulation on her hands as she moved her wand mm-hmm. she was very very well done overall and the wand was the same too Yes. I, w- okay, I was wondering when wands with stars on them became a thing. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting... I was like, oh, when did we transition to stars on the ends of wands? Was it a, I wonder if it was a Wizard of Oz thing or a... Well, the Wizard of Oz is 1939, and this predates that. I, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, technically not, but mm. animation mm. and concept-wise, yes. Yeah. This takes much longer yeah. to make. Um, and so, Pinocchio is sent off to, he becomes a, he comes a... Oh, sorry, one more thing I want to say about, the scene with, like, the cuckoo clocks and stuff. Yeah. Um, when they're all dancing and hanging out, um, so the, the Blue Fairy makes Pinocchio a real boy and Geppetto wakes, Geppetto wakes up, which is also very funny, um, and there's a lot of visual gags as Geppetto mm-hmm. tries to figure out what the noises are, um, but... The music was interwoven with the stuff again. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I wanted in a silly symphony. Yeah. Just the way that the set and the props made the music and responded to music was so good. Yes. Um, yeah, I just wanted to like be like, yeah, yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> okay, so off to school. Yep. So Pinocchio heads off to school, and I love the little gag where he's like, or Geppetto's like, oh, show me how you look. And he, and he keeps his head still and... Walks the whole rest of his body around. <laughs> that was a very good gag. <laughs> yeah. And then Jiminy slept in. He's not good at his job as a conscious. No, I think that's, um, I noticed, I was like, okay, so we're starting to see, like, character flaws and character growth as mm-hmm. being key points. Because we don't see, like, character growth in Snow White, really. Mm-hmm. She's consistent from A to B mm-hmm. to Z. The one who grows the most is maybe Grumpy. Grumpy, yeah. Um... I, mean, I don't even know if you'd say Doc even grows. Like, Grumpy has some slight character change, and that's yeah. really it. It's Otherwise, yeah. it's just an adventure story. But in a story where Pinocchio, we know he's going to grow. He's going to be an immature boy and make mm-hmm. some mature decisions by the end of the movie. But I wasn't expecting Jiminy Cricket to have that development, mm-hmm. which I thought was really good and interesting. Yeah, I thought it was funny, too, that he comes in at first, and he's like, what's a conscience? Well, a conscience is... <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. And then he's so bad at it. He's so bad at it. And I love how he does, he begins with, the problem with society is that people don't listen to their conscience. I know! I love it so much! Which is also an interesting <laughs> interesting comment to make in 1940. Yes. Um, yeah, I love Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Would die for her. So they go off to school, Jiminy Cricket oversleeps, so he misses out on helping Pinocchio through... Temptation. Temptation of an actor's life. <laughs> Which is very funny, as you watch a film. Yes. Um, even if it is animated. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think people consider voice, voice folks actors. Certainly yet. not in the same vein, no. Um, I really like Honest John. <laughs> They're fun and silly... Um, 
I love overdramatic characters, and yeah. he is the most overdramatic. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like he's standing there pretending to have a conversation. He's like, yes, I heard from the Duchess. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure, yeah. the Duchess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they trick Pinocchio into becoming an actor so they can sell him to Stromboli. And I think, like, this is kind of where it begins me not enjoying the film. And I guess I don't... I enjoy it more than I did as a kid. But I'm able to articulate why I didn't enjoy it as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I still feel the same way. And I feel like throughout the film, Pinocchio is very much a victim. Like, he's tricked and manipulated time and time again. And I think, like, the one thing that he truly does wrong is Jiminy Cricket's like, hey, you're gonna tell them, no thank you, I'm going to school and go to school. And Pinocchio's like, okay, and then he doesn't. Yeah. And that's bad. (laughs) The note that I made, um, to quote the great John Mulaney, uh, (laughs) Pinocchio is shiny and dumb and easy to trick. (laughs) (laughs) He is, and I don't think that that's his fault. He's like 12 hours old. I know. (laughs) And I think that's why I really didn't enjoy the film as a kid, because it was so much like, it wasn't... If you're bad, bad things will happen to you. It was the world is out to get you and you need to be on alert at all times or things will be awful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I did not like it and why I'm still like uncomfortable with it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, And like in the beginning, you're like, no, Pinocchio's kind of at fault in the beginning here. But then immediately he's just a kid in a powerless situation Mm -hmm. time and time again. And it... Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> don't like it. <laughs> um, so he goes off to join a racist acting troupe. Yep. Let's see. He does one show. It's great. And then Stromboli shows his colors real quick. Yes, real quick. Stromboli is not great. Yep, locks him up. And then the blue fairy is like, hey. What you doing here? <laughs> and, what happened? And Pinocchio lies <laughs> quite and, dramatically. Yes, and oh my gosh, there are these monsters, and they they chop me into firewood. You're standing right there, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids have pretty fantastic stories. Yeah, and I love the gag of his nose growing as there are little buds, a little bit of leaves. And then the flowers bloom, and then all of a sudden there's a nest, and then he does it again, and it's autumn time, and the leaves fall off, and the birds fly away. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very well done for a visual gag. Uh-huh. Um, you can definitely see, like, the animators are really running with their money on these gags. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, like, it's not just the gags. Like, the quality of animation is so detailed and good. There's a moment where they're dancing, Geppetto and Pinocchio, and Geppetto crosses in front of the fireplace, and you can see the light change, and his nightgown becomes translucent. You can see the shadow of his legs in the nightgown, and I was like, oh. Yeah. That's, like, it was just, it was such a small touch, and it just made, it was like they discovered they could make the characters feel real without having to draw them super realistically. Yeah. And it was just really, really nice um, to see all of that. And then the dramatic irony is, like, there's a lot of moments in here that are really moving, and I think maybe, I don't know, it's a very father-son movie, Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe that's another reason I don't hardcore connect with it. Yeah. I don't know. But the moment when Stromboli's wagon is crossing in front of Geppetto, and Geppetto calls for Pinocchio, but the call gets lost in the thunderstorm. Like, that's such good writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a very, very moving moment. Yeah. Yeah, this is just a very well-written story. They did a really good job. And I love... So he he escapes from... He escapes from Stromboli. Mm -hmm. And then before he can go home... Um, back comes Honest John and <laughs> Giddy. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I, lo- I love, like, the quack doctor act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the doctor writing on the notepad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very, very funny. And then off to Pleasure Island, where you run into vices. Like, actually, you know, most of these are actually vices. There was, but it was just funny to see, like... Fighting. I remembered the second racist thing. Oh, what was it? <laughs> the Cherokee Indian with the tobacco. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Um, and which, like, you know, the use of the Native American figure to indicate the sale of tobacco was, like, 
It was more like, this is a place where you can buy tobacco, but they definitely went further than that. Yeah. Like, these are Indians offering you tobacco, and that's bad. Yep. Um, and then there was fighting, and there was model home to destroy. That was the I thought best. that was so funny. Oh, man. I would do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. not everything on Pleasure Island appeals to me, like, yeah. Eh, yeah. but a model home that I could just, like, destroy, Especially please. if it was, like, a t- like, imagine, like, a 2004 McMansion. Oh, please, dear God. <laughs> I would do that so bad. Oh, please. And pool and poker and... Yes. Beer. Were they playing poker? Um, I, There were poker chips and cards uh, on the table. Ah, okay. And, but they didn't actually play poker. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Billiards is super evil. <laughs> Another great visual gag when... Uh, actually, before we even get to Pleasure Island... Uh, Super uncomfortable about this creepy old man saying, hey, I need you to kidnap me some boys. Like, ah! Uh, once again, it's not like you're a temptation. Like, Pleasure Island is a big temptation, but it's coded in all of this, like, these are adults that you should trust, and they're not trustworthy. And I'm like, oh, why do you have to talk this way? Like, you could write temptations as temptations and not as manipulative adults mm-hmm. i don't know and then it's your fault if you lose yeah to oh it made me very, very so uncomfortable bl- it's very victim blamey blame um but i do love the visual gag when uh what's his name lampwick is turning into a donkey <laughs> and minokia just like sets his beer aside and then sets his cigar aside it's like yeah, man, this is too much. <laughs> it's such a trope, but it was so, so good. good. And I mean, like, this is the first time we're seeing it in Disney mm-hmm. film. I wonder how often it was used as a trope in films before mm-hmm. this point. But I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And so we escape from Pleasure Island, away from all the... Can we talk about those creepy things? Oh, yeah. Those oh, creepy yeah. things. Oh, yeah. So okay. we usually don't talk to each other no. much during the video. But Chase was just like, they're loading the donkey boys into the crates, putting it away, and we're like, what the heck are those things, like, rounding up the the donkeys and stuff? Oh my gosh. They're just these creepy black... Monsters. Monsters. They're, like, humanoid in shape, I guess, but they're just all black with, like, these white eyes. Yeah. Are they yellow eyes? I don't know. I don't know. Like, gorilla lizards or something. Yeah. They had, like... At one point, it looked like they had fur on their arms. Like, it was a little gorilla-y, but their faces were so amorphous. And, like, blank. Oh, God. They were just really creepy. It was horrifying. They weren't even, like... I I don't know. It was just so... uh, There's no explanation for them. There's nothing, like, I could rationalize for why they exist. It's just, like... Oh, it was very creepy. And I did not enjoy that (laughs) at all. I guess, like, there's a lot of things I enjoy about this film, but the reasons I don't enjoy the film are so strong that it's just, like, an overall bad taste. Yeah. And then Pinocchio finally gets home, and then gets the note, Geppetto's gone, a whale has eaten him, it is time to go to the bottom of the ocean. So they go up to Pride Rock. Hold on, can we talk about the dove? Yes. So they're at Geppetto's, and Pinocchio's like, I'm home, I'm home, oh no, where is everyone? And then this dove just flies, I guess, from the Blue Fairy with a letter that says, Geppetto's inside a whale. Thanks, exposition. Well, <laughs> I well the Blue Fairy, she had said that when she shrank his nose and got him out of the cage, this is the last time I can right, help you. Right, So she just sends a dove to help him, I guess. I don't know. Maybe she knows that, like... He's a dumb little boy who needs to do something big and brave. I guess. That, like, he's not going to prove himself in the little things. That's fair. It was just, it was so odd. Not, I mean, it wasn't that odd. It's a fairy tale. Yeah. But it was one of those moments where you're like, hmm, you've broken the narrative. Like, you had such a smooth narrative and you had to break it to, like, keep the plot going. Which, so interesting, other fact that I learned while browsing the Wikipedia page, because I wasn't about to read Mm -hmm. a novel this morning, when Pinocchio, he does, like, willingly go after Monstro to save his dad in the novel as well, Um, but the Blue Fairy's, like, warning him away from it, which I thought was interesting because I was, like, reading that summary, I guess, this is not actually reading the novel, but the Blue Fairy would be like, no, don't go after the whale, and Pinocchio's like, no, I'm gonna save my dad. 
I was like, okay, so it's like a brave act. And then this version, the fairy is encouraging him and giving him an opportunity to be brave. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they go undersea. Lots of fun animation goofs in the water. Yeah, I loved that. And I, like, sudden, like, the gargly voice that they had. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is what I remember from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, that, like, that feeling. Sometimes when you go back and watch the thing when you were a kid, you don't remember it. But, like, once it happens, you're like, oh, my gosh, this. That was, like, for me, it was the cuckoo clocks and the underwater gargly voice. Mm-hmm. There was, I had one of those moments where I was like, oh, I remember this. I used to sing the Actors Life for Me song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the moment was Monstro. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the belly of the whale, which maybe just because I've seen it so many times in Fantasmic, mm-hmm. but that was a very iconic memory for me. Yeah. But the, the undersea was colorful, it was fun, mm-hmm. lots of goofs. Jiminy Cricket with the rock trying to weigh himself down was very funny. Mm-hmm. The seahorses that had donkey ears, I guess, are like horse ears because they're seahorses. Yeah. They were fun. And then one was, like, trying to, like, buck and bronco. <laughs> the model Jiminy tried yeah. to ride it. Yeah, it was fun. I Yeah, it was a nice, fun little um, quest. And it didn't, like, mm-hmm. it was part of the narrative. It didn't break up the story. Yeah. Um, but it was very much like, this would be an animated short. Yep. Um, then yeah. we cut to Geppetto, who is just ready to die. <laughs> yeah, it was, like... The- Again, I was, like, overcome of, like, no wonder I didn't enjoy this film as a child. Like, this is a man talking about how he went to save his son, and now he's going to die, starve to death in the belly of this whale. And have no idea what happened to this child, who was given to him by magic because he was good, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, it was really emotional. And poor, and the cat is gonna die, too. And poor Cleo, like, what is Cleo eating in all that time? Who knows? She's, like, turning over rocks and well, like you can't feed her fish she's a fish yeah because well, Figaro guess, and Geppetto are eating fish I guess fish eat other fish all the time but Cleo's a goldfish she's not and gonna she's eat like, other fish and she's like a person goldfish mm-hmm. be an abomination yeah I don't know what she's eating yeah um and it was so funny when Monstros comes out and he gets to Pinocchio and Jiminy and they run away from the place <laughs> they're trying to go. I mean, it's a big, giant, scary whale. But like, that's uh, where they're trying to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a very good gag, though. Like, the transition from tragic... I'm going to die to, oh my gosh, there's a million fish in this whale, was seamless, sudden, but seamless, and very well done. Um, and all of the visual gags of Figaro fighting the giant tuna fish. <laughs> that was very funny as yeah. well. So then Geppetto catches Pinocchio on his reel and does another classic, forgetful, confused Geppetto <laughs> move, where he's like, wait a moment, Pinocchio, wait a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, Pinocchio's here. Yep. And then... <laughs> Pinocchio's like, hey, let's light a fire. <laughs> Just out of no. Well, Pinocchio's like, first, oh, you have a raft. No, the raft won't work. Nothing will work. Nothing will work. Okay, we're going to make a fire for fish. Oh, a fire. Yeah, we're going to make a fire. And he just starts breaking things and making firewood, which um, for a boy who's like, what, maybe 48 hours old at this point, very smart all of a sudden yep. in a way he wasn't smart before. Mm-hmm. Um, Got, he, he learned something on the streets of Pleasure Island. He did. Which, again, like highlights for me the idea that you grow from experience mm-hmm. and like... It's not that Pinocchio learned right from wrong. It's that he learned how to live and who to trust. Yeah. Like, which is part of life and part of growing up. But that doesn't mean that Pinocchio is to blame for the mistakes he made. Yeah. But yeah, so they light the fire and they make the whale sneeze. And then Pinocchio drowns. Which is weird because he didn't have any trouble breathing underwater before. Yeah. Like, if he had been broken or scratched in some way. But no, like, they just found him, like, face down in a puddle. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed odd to me. And He's it's a like, wooden puppet. You're... He's made of wood. Yeah. He don't have lungs. He didn't He didn't need to breathe an hour ago. <laughs> Why does he need to breathe now? But... But it was very sweet. Like, he... And he made sure Geppetto got to shore, yeah. even though Geppetto was totally ready to give up. Yeah. And I mean, like, as a dad, right, that's what, what you, you do. You want your kid to be safe, yeah. so you tell your kid, go save yourself. Yeah. Um, but Pinocchio doesn't listen, and Pinocchio sacrifices himself to save Geppetto, which is his act of bravery. 
Um, which brings us to my favorite <laughs> gag in the whole thing. And Kano's crying over his 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 dead wooden boy, and then the blue fairy's like, "Oh, you did the good things. Here, you're real now." Yeah, and then he's like, oh, "I'm awake." Chipetta's like, "No, you're dead. No, stop talking. You're dead." Well, maybe Geppetto, He's just been alone for so long that he's used to hearing voices that aren't there. Oh gosh, no, that's really sad. He talks to his cat all the time. Like he's probably, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want just, to know more about Geppetto's life. I think he's just a really forgetful artisan, right? Like, he's a craftsman, and he makes a million things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who also makes a million things all the time and has a very uh, chaotic workshop, mm-hmm. um, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Geppetto a lot. Would die for Geppetto and Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Would not die for Pinocchio. <laughs> No. He's a sweet boy, but like, uh. It's like I'd babysit him, but I wouldn't adopt him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I didn't babysit him for very long. Yeah. I guess, you know, for money, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> but then Jiminy gets his 18 karat gold badge. Which looks really good, actually. Yeah. I really liked the, the jewelry design on it. Yeah, it's big, bright, shiny. Which is what he wanted. He wanted a badge to say, here, I am good. Yeah. I want to know more about Jiminy Cricket, who's like this wanderer with beat-up clothes and a carpet bag. Yeah, he's kind of a hobo, but apparently he, was. he appeared to have experience picking locks. He <laughs> called the Blue Fairy your honor instead of a lady. I think he's had some run-ins with the law before. He must have, which makes him an interesting choice for a conscience. <laughs> I want to know more. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. (laughs) Unfortunately, this is what we would get from a live-action Pinocchio movie, which I hope they never do. I was thinking that while we were watching that. I was like, thank God they have not announced a live-action Pinocchio directed by Tim Burton, because I would die. I would would just... I would, like, show up to the theater and be like, no, I'm just going to die right here in front of the poster. Thanks. (laughs) But we would have to know. (laughs) We would have to know. We'd have to know. We'd have to know about... Which is the only reason I went and saw Maleficent. Because I had to know. did you love it? No. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Well, so what happened was they announced the movie and I said, thank God I want 75 gist sets of Angelina Jolie transforming into a dragon. And you got none? And I got none. Because they cheated out at the last minute in the film, and I was so mad about it. And I, like, was talking to people who had seen it. They're like, oh, it was so good. And I was like, and does Angelina Jolie turn into a dragon? And they were like, well, it's good, Any Like, I'm not going to tell you, but it's a good movie. I'm like, okay, if you're not going to tell me, that means it didn't happen, so now I don't want to see the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I ended up seeing it because I had to. And, like, I enjoyed parts of it. There's things I don't like about it, but... Mm-hmm. We're not here for live action No, movies. we are not. We are not. Uh, no, we're not. I mean, maybe we'll touch on it when we watch Sleeping Beauty, but that's yeah. in the 50s and we're in the 40s, so. And Any is... other final notes on Pinocchio? Um, I think that's... Overall, you liked it. I like. I think it, it's funny, like, as as we're going through this, we're, you know, we're going to be buying movies that, that neither of us have and stuff, and that, this is the one that, like, I was like, I don't know if I want to buy it, but now that I've seen it again, like, okay... This could be fun when kids, you know, when I babysit. This will be fun when I have kids. Like, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll get a kick out of it. Like, and I, I don't, I feel like I could watch it a million times okay. in a row because of, because of the gags. Okay, that's fair. I think I'm glad then that you bought it because I had said that I would buy it on Blu-ray because I'm building my Disney collection and after watching it, I'm like... I'm glad I didn't buy this one on Blu-ray because it's not one I would watch a million times. Um, like, I wouldn't watch it myself a million times. But, but you I would, would tolerate your kids I watching would, it. I would tolerate... Well, see, I'm, I'm the oldest of five kids. Like, my whole, like, movie-watching life has been, like, how many times, am, you know, you know, once I wasn't the baby anymore, mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, what can my what will my brothers watch over and over and over again that right. I can tolerate? And luckily, they are children of the late 90s, early 2000s, and so... They picked some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my sister picked Cinderella. She watched Cinderella mm-hmm. over and over. And then Princess Diaries over and over and over, which are both good films. Yeah. What did you watch over and over again over as a kid? Over and over again as a kid. I don't remember what I watched. I know that as a baby, 
like my parents would play Dumbo and Great Mouse mm-hmm. Detective and I would like bounce along to the music. But once I got a little bit older, Great Mouse Detective terrified me. That's fair. But now I love it again. <laughs> but I and I don't really remember the things that I watched over and over again. But I remember my third brother, because um, I'm eight years older than him, so I have a better memory of him. Right. To, and his was Emperor's New Groove. Ooh. Which was yeah, like nice. that's a, that's a good that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember it, but my mother has said that Fox and the Hound was one that I would watch over and over. And those were the days where you had to rewind. So, like, yeah. the tape ends, and you're like, rewind it, rewind it, rewind yeah. it. And mom and dad are like, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what the ones I watched over and over again were, but I'm sure my parents will tell me when I yeah. ask them. Um, I just remember, like, I didn't watch it for years, and then as, like, a teenager, I was like, I'm going to do a Disney movie marathon. And so I popped it in the VCR, and I could, like, remember every line as it was happening. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, it does exist, like, way back in the memory of my, like, toddler years. It's a really interesting experience. Yeah. I'm very excited to do that movie. It's one of my favorites still. But when's that one? That one's far down the list, isn't it? Yeah, well, <gasps> okay. it, well it helps that, we're, that we're, we're going to be doing some double feature episodes. We are going to do some double features. Um, because the 40s are an interesting time yes. in <laughs> Disney history and American history, and we'll get to that when we get to that. Yes, um, so... When we're going to have a lot of fun musical stuff, um, lots of music gags coming up, which will be nice. Yeah. Um, So next time we're watching Fantasia for our feature, which I'm very excited about. Um, I know it's one of your favorites because you've done Sorcerer Mickey Mm -hmm. as a Disney bound, which is my favorite Disney bound of yours. And um, um, our short will be, the, it's called The Whoopie Party, and it's the introduction of Dippy Dog, who we today <laughs> know as Goofy. Goof. The Goof. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. It's going to be a good set. Um, so next week we'll open up um, by talking about the, fla- the Whoopie. The Whoopie Party. Party. Whoopie Party. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed Pinocchio more than we did, more than I did. Brooke liked it. <laughs> so you can follow us on Twitter at DrawnOutCast. Um, also on Instagram at DrawnOutCast. Um, you can follow my personal Twitter and Instagram at ChaserTiff. And mine at BrookeAmimi. So thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you guys next time for the Whoopie Party and Fantasia. Bye. Bye. Someday we'll get a proper sign off. Yeah, we'll come up with it. The views expressed in this podcast are in no way representative of the Disney Corporation, nor any of our employers. They belong solely to the co-hosts of this show and the guests that we have on this show. Thanks for listening.